0: So we get it that Jesus loves parables and here he's got a crowd. He's telling a story and he's using stories to illustrate the kingdom and he's trying to explain it. And this is a great thing to note about Jesus, that Jesus is relevant, that Jesus isn't off being pious and just talking in religious terms that nobody can understand. This is a God And like a phone going off in the service, this is a God that wants to grab your attention. I'll use anything. This is a God that wants to come into the middle of your life and get your attention. So He didn't sit talking to the crowds about, you know, biblical things and spiritual things they couldn't understand. He talked about the kingdom in a story. Jesus used stories to illustrate the truth. Jesus used something seemingly even silly at times to illustrate the great power and authority of the kingdom. Because I love this about God. God. God loves little things. God loves humble things. God loves the things that people overlook. So God will use a story, God will use an example that other people would think, oh, this doesn't sound that important. But in fact, within it, within the story is a truth that will change your life. Amen. And, and so this is the way of the kingdom. God's system is seed. God, God uses seed to create trees. God uses seed to create big things. Did you know that God never built a table? (laughs) God never built a house. Did you know that? God sent a seed that was planted and became a tree that we turned into wood to build a table. So God never made a table, but he did make a seed that had the potential within it to become, when it was taken, planted and enabled to grow. And this is the way of the kingdom. This is the way God works in His Word. God will take a little seed, a little word, and if you will take it, plant it, and let it grow, it'll become a tree in your life. It starts with the little things. It always starts with the little things. I remember in my soccer team, I play soccer. Anyone like soccer? Come on, Liverpool drew with Evident overnight, praise the Lord, because I don't like either of those teams. And also we're praying for we're we're celebrating the Panthers uh, into the final, <laughs> versing the storm. And so I don't like the storm, so I'm praying for the Panthers. Uh, and so, but God, uh, God used my life in a way in my soccer team that I didn't even realize. I didn't even know it was happening. I actually didn't even know it was happening. I played in a soccer team, Pitwater, and I played in that team for eight years. And over eight years, um, you know, you get to know the team, right? When you're on a team, you get to know each other and you get to know more about each other. And the thing about it is I didn't realise how much these guys were watching me. Flippin' stalkers, you know, <laughs> watching me. watching, Watching how I responded to things, watching what I said. Like watching watching my demeanor at different times watching how i uh, how i interacted with things like alcohol watching my language. I didn't swear like a lot of people. I didn't cuss everybody out like a lot of people. The way I reacted to when I was dropped off the team and put onto the bench, my attitude. They watched all the little things. It wasn't the big things. They didn't know that I'm a pastor. They didn't know the big, obvious Christian things in my life. They didn't know my Christian heritage. They didn't know all these obvious things. They just noticed the little things. It was the little things that they noticed. And, and over time, through the repetitive and consistent little things, they started to respect me, listen to me. I didn't ask them to. <laughs> I didn't force them to. I not once got up in the change room and said, everybody, shut up and listen. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of love. I didn't do that. Not Once. But how many conversations did I have when no one was looking, when we were at the RSL? We were just sitting there and just little conversations. So Al, you know, we're going to go party after this and uh, it's going to be a big night, you know. And I would say, cool, I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, man. You know, Conversation. And, and even, you know, I, I had one guy say to me how he said, you know, you're always really interested in us. Like that's, that's not hard. That doesn't take a lot of talent or skill. You don't need a theology degree to be interested in people. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but it was the fact that I was interested in them and would ask questions about their family and would just want to get to know and connect with them. It was one of those, that thing right there that actually showed them the nature of God. It was little. It was little. My friend, he lost his mum. His mum passed away. I was the first person he called. I didn't even know how that happened. But for some reason, because of the little things in my life, he trusted me and he called me and asked me, I I led the funeral for his mum. There was over 300 people, all unsaved. And here am I in a room doing a a non-Christian funeral and doing it in an environment where people don't know God. And here I am praying. Here I am pointing them to Jesus. And so a big moment happened, but it was the result of many little moments. Little, 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 little moments. Amen. Amen. So do not despise the little things. Do not overlook the little things. Because the kingdom of heaven is like. A mustard seed. Do you know that a mustard seed is so small? Like it is so tiny. Like if I had a mustard seed, you wouldn't hardly be able to see it. It would look like a freckle. It's tiny. This tells me that the kingdom of heaven loves to occupy little. It tells me that the kingdom of heaven is not about appearances, it's about what's happening within. It tells me that the kingdom of heaven isn't about big lights and cameras. It's about the little moments of conversation behind the scenes. It's about the little prayers you prayed that no one heard. It's about the little moments where you memorized a scripture and you got it in your spirit. It's about the little moments when you said yes to God. It's about the little sacrifices where you went and cleaned the bathroom at church and no one noticed. It's about the little things, the little details. The the kingdom of heaven is like... Because really, Jesus could have compared the kingdom of heaven to anything. He could have. And the kingdom of heaven is eternal. It is the biggest concept known to man that man can't even really know. It is eternity. It is the galaxies. It is a king that created them all just with a little word. The kingdom of heaven is huge, vast, massive. Yet Jesus, of all things to compare it to, He compares it to a mustard seed that right now you and I couldn't even see. God packages greatness in humility. If you want to be the greatest, he says, you need to be the least. It's the upside down way of the kingdom. Because this is a kingdom. This is God's kingdom. And this kingdom has a king. And his name is Jesus. And the king has a mode. He has a way. He has a dome. He has a a dominion. He has a place that he rules and he reigns. And he does things a certain way. The kingdom operates with some principles that flow from who the king is. The kingdom thinks a certain way. The kingdom acts a certain way. The kingdom operates a certain way. The kingdom is not the kingdom of this world. It is the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, it is inverted to everything the world would do. The kingdom actually does the opposite. In the world, it says, to get, you get. Go and get, take, In the kingdom, to get, you give. In the world, to be great, you push yourself and you make yourself look great. In the kingdom, to be great, you be small, you be humble, you be little. If you, come on, if you're gonna clap, let's clap today. Thank you, Jesus. I've heard it said like this. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. This is the kingdom. So Jesus, when he's talking to the crowd, he's talking in a parable and he does it in a parable on purpose because he wants people who are really listening to lean in and see what he's actually saying. He tells a story about the kingdom of heaven being like a mustard seed, small, humble, easily overlooked mustard seed. And then it says that a man... It's like a, kingdom, like a mustard seed that a man took and planted. So this tells me that when it comes to humanity, we have a part to play. God takes the, the vastness and the greatness and the eternal nature of the kingdom of heaven and he puts it in a little seed. And then what does, what does, what does humanity do with that seed? That's my question. What do we do with that seed? It says a man took it and planted it. Took it, planted it. Took it, planted it. Took it, planted it. Have you taken hold of God's kingdom in your life? Because God won't do for you what He's enabled you to do for yourself. God is very good with boundaries. Okay, all the parents he loves, you know, talk to me, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries for your children. God is a good father. And so he knows that good leadership and good parenting means boundaries. And so God won't do for you what he's actually given you the capacity to do for yourself. So when it comes to taking hold of the kingdom, he sent the seed, the word of God. He's given it to us. The question is, Will you take it? Because he actually can't do that for you. He cannot take it for you. And so I pray that we would be the kind of people who know how to take hold of the kingdom. We know how to take hold by faith. We know how to take hold of joy. We know how to take hold of hope. We know how to take hold of God. Are you waiting on God? Maybe He's waiting on you. (laughs) Maybe God, when He sent His seed, it was tagged, you're it. Which means now it is my responsibility. Everyone say my responsibility. It is my responsibility to take the kingdom. And then what does it say? Plant it. So how do I take it? You get the Word and you make it your own. You be in church, you be in the house of God, you be in community and you take it, you take it and then you plant it. The thing about planting is when you plant something, it's hidden. It's like a burial. And so joy gets buried and it doesn't show up on the surface straight away. Because for the seed to become a tree, there has to be a process. And so sometimes we quit too early on seed that has been planted. We quit on joy too quick. We quit on peace too quick. We quit on relationship with Jesus too quick. We quit. Do not quit. Plant. Plant it. Don't quit on church. This is why being in a service once a year isn't going to help you. This is why reading the Bible once every blue moon isn't going to help you. But if you will plant yourself in the Word, if you will plant yourself in God's house, if you will plant yourself in community, do you know what will happen? You will enable a process. Because God isn't a genie, He's a gardener. God isn't going to do your wish. According to your command, God is a gardener. And so He puts things in process. And planting is about taking the kingdom of God and planting it. So this is why repetition and consistency matters so much. This is why being consistent in your workplace, in who you are, matters so much. This is why being a person of character matters so much. This is how you live with everyday purpose. You take the kingdom, you plant it in your life and you let it grow over time. So what do we do with this? I mean, that's great, Pastor Al. Thanks so much. Really encouraging. I love it. I love the Word. It's awesome. I love church. It's great. Amen. Here's what I want you to catch. From here, what do you do? Because sometimes it feels like, yeah, but I get that, you know, joy, yeah, awesome, but I'm going through this. Yeah, 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 be a good person at work, but have you met my boss? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'd love to impact people for Jesus, but I'm really struggling with this and this and this. So, what do we do from here? It's really simple. Start small and start now. Start small and start now. If you you need to rediscover purpose in your marriage, love in your marriage, what do you do? You start small and you start now. Do you know that... uh, God actually says in Zechariah that He rejoices at the beginning of a new thing. He He rejoices at the start. So sometimes we're waiting to celebrate success at the end, but God is actually clapping His hands at the start. What does it look like to embrace and reinvigorate the Kingdom of God in your life? Start small and start now what what could it look like today what could it look like to be someone who lives the kingdom of god today who could you forgive today who could you write a letter to who who could you pray for today start small start now Start small. How, how could you see your mind? Maybe your mind is troubled and you're feeling like you cannot see. how do you get How do, you get, there? How do you, you get your mind into a place where it's healthy and thriving and living in the goodness and the truths of God. How do you do it? You start small and you start now. Come on, everyone say, start small. Everyone say, start now. Don't put it off. Stop putting it off. Stop procrastinating. Stop saying one day when. Just start small. Start now. I think we procrastinate because we're trying to do too much. Oh yeah, but I've got to do this big life change in a day. No, you don't. It's not true. It's not true. All you've got to do is start small and start now. Start in the small areas. If it's with Your lifestyle choices start small, start now.